MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, February 3rd, 2023. Today, the Manhattan District Attorney is weighing new charges against Alan Weisselberg. The Hunter Biden lawyers have sent letters to the Department of Justice and the U.S. Attorney in Delaware asking investigations be opened into Trump allies over his laptop. A federal judge allows for a wrongful death lawsuit against Kyle Rittenhouse to move forward. The Department of Justice is now investigating George Santos over his scheme to defraud a veteran. And the FBI is going to search Mike Pence's home for additional classified documents. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hell of a news day, Dana. Oh, my gosh. It is a hell of a news day. Some really good stories, though. A couple, you know, best of uh, horrible situation stories, if that makes sense. And we'll get to one of those that I get to cover, which is wonderful. So but there's a lot. Yeah, a lot today. And uh, it is Friday, so that's good. That's the good news part of the, <laughs> part of the, part of the day. Uh, there is a happy hour today for patrons of this program. It's at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern. You will have the link in your inbox. Check your junk if you're new. Sometimes it goes to your junk. <laughs> you heard you. You heard her, everyone. She said, check your junk if you're new. <laughs> yeah. Also, check your junk if you're anywhere near Matt Slap because it seems to be in danger. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. That's a good reminder. That's always a good reminder. Quick bit of news at the top here uh, that's not going to be in the hot notes because there's really not much to it. But the, the FBI is going to search Pence's home in Indiana. They've done an agreement. There's no search warrant because, uh, you know, he's cooperating just like Biden. So that's going to happen. So all the people who are like, oh, the FBI searched Biden, oh, they're searching Pence too. So have a nice day. I need to read a statement. Uh, it's been a tough day, but I, uh, if you'll indulge me for a second, Dana, of I need course. to read this I think it's very statement from, from MSW Media. In the last 24 hours, I've been made aware of disturbing allegations from multiple women of sexual harassment involving Andrew Torres. As a result, MSW Media Inc. is severing ties effective immediately with Mr. Torres. The opening arguments podcast and we're removing Mr. Torres as the co-host of the Clean Up on Aisle 45 podcast. We will move forward with another co-host for Clean Up on Aisle 45. So that is our official statement. And um, I know that this is, this is, this is heart-wrenching and disappointing, but I am very steadfast in my values and my beliefs and what is tolerated and what it means to have a safe community. So I want to thank everybody for their support today. And um, that's all I have to say about that, well, Dana. I'm very proud of you. And I know this was not an easy thing to do. Sometimes when new information comes to light about people, we have to make decisions that are often difficult. Um, but I'm, I'm very proud of you. Thank and you. I know that the listeners will be as well. This is a community that you support. And it's something you stand very very strongly in an opposition to. So, yes. And these are allegations. Um, and I mean, doing the right thing is never the wrong thing. You know, it, yep. it was hard to turn down the $50,000 Bloomberg money when he wanted me to do advertisement for him when he was running for president. Yep. 
I I turned that down and I said, come back when you want to support the candidate who gets the nomination like you said you would. He never came back. It was tough to pull our stuff off Spotify in the face of them basically stealing from musicians to give Joe Rogan a hundred million dollar contract, which I, I disagreed with. But the, the these are hard decisions. It can negatively impact revenue. But as long as my soul is not negatively impacted, I, I feel good about what I decide. So I just want to thank everybody for their support. So ah, that out of the way, we do have a lot of news to get to today. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, first up, and this is pretty badass. Uh, Lawyers for Hunter Biden have sent letters Wednesday requesting investigations into allies of the former guy who they say trafficked in stolen information from his laptop. This is a dramatic shift in strategy for the president's son after years of GOP attacks. Among the letters, which were obtained by NBC, was one sent Wednesday asking the Justice Department's National Security Division. That's important distinction here. The National Security Division for an investigation into individuals, quote, for whom there is considerable reason to believe violated various federal laws in accessing, copying, manipulating, and or disseminating Mr. Biden's personal computer data, including Rudy Giuliani, who was Trump's lawyer at the time. Biden lawyers wrote a similar letter to the Delaware Attorney General's office requesting a probe into the same people, alleging they violated various Delaware laws in accessing Biden's information from what Trump has called the laptop from hell. The Justice Department declined to comment. A spokesperson for the Delaware Attorney General's office didn't immediately respond to requests for comment. They're also part of the Justice Department, so that makes sense. Information from the laptop has raised questions about Biden's finances, which have been separately under investigation by federal prosecutors since 2018, y'all. No charges since 2018. It's also been the source of several salacious stories from conservative media outlets, many focused on his on his drug use. Uh, Biden has largely kept a low profile during the years of stories. Trump would ask, where's Hunter during campaign rallies in 2020? But a person familiar with the first son's strategy said he's had enough. Quote, this marks a new approach by Hunter Biden and his team. He's not going to sit quietly by as questionable characters continue to violate his rights and media organizations peddling in lies trying to defame him. Giuliani has acknowledged having passed on a copy of the computer's hard drive to the New York Post shortly before the 2020 election. The letters to investigators also recommend an investigation into John Paul Mac Isaac, who has said Biden abandoned the water-damaged laptop at his Wilmington, Delaware computer repair store. Mr. Mac Isaac, quote, chose to work with Trump's personal lawyer to weaponize Biden's personal computer data against his father, Joe Biden, by unlawfully causing the provision of Mr. Biden's personal data to the New York Post. That's according to one of the letters. It accused Mac Isaac and others of theft of computer services and Giuliani and others of possession of stolen property. A representative for Giuliani said in a statement to NBC News, the work order is clear as it can be. The laptop became abandoned property under John Max Isaac's control. Raising concerns now after so many years indicates just how devastating the texts and videos from Hunter's laptop truly are, whatever. Also signed out in the letters is former Trump advisor Steve Bannon, who claimed in September 2020 that he, quote, possessed a copy of Biden's computer data. The letter says he and others accessed the hard drive's contents at different points without authorization from the owner. Reached for comment Wednesday, Bannon responded, in part, I thought Biden told us it was all Russian disinformation. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it, this is how it works, right? You you steal and hack somebody's stuff and then you mix in Russian disinformation with it to look like it's part of the real stuff. Right. Hunter Biden, whose attorney, by the way, is Abby Lowell, shockingly enough, told NBC News Wednesday, that's Kushner's lawyer, 
told NBC News Wednesday night, these letters do not confirm Mac Isaacs or others' versions of a so-called laptop. They address their conduct of seeking, manipulating, and disseminating what they allege to be Biden's personal data, wherever they claim to have gotten it. In another letter sent Wednesday, Lowell asked the IRS to review the tax-exempt status of Marco Polo, a charitable organization run by Garrett Ziegler, who Biden said uploaded the data he got from Giuliani to the organization's website. Biden's lawyers also sent a letter to Fox News host Tucker Carlson, demanding a retraction of false and defamatory statements made by Mr. Carlson on his show about Biden. The story falsely implied that Biden was involved in a money laundering scheme to finance President Biden's lifestyle. What, the Amtrak tickets? Yeah. (laughs) By paying him $50,000 a month in rent. The story was quickly debunked, but Carlson never retracted it. The letter also put Carlson on and the network on notice of potential litigation and demands they preserve all documents relating to the story. You know who sent that like story of the $50,000 a month rent into the orbit was Junior. It was Don Junior. He's such a piece of shit. Yeah, he is. But I'm glad that has been taken care of. And speaking of liars, he's back in the news. The FBI is speaking with a naval veteran, a Navy veteran who recently alleged that George Santos, who we know is the Republican from New York, essentially stole thousands of dollars from an online fundraising campaign intended to cover life-saving surgery for his service dog. Richard Osthoff told NBC News on Wednesday that he had been on the phone with the FBI and provided all requested records and information, including text messages dating back to his exchanges with Santos in 2016 about raising $3,000 for his dog, Sapphire. Then this is a quote. I'm elated. The big guys finally picked it up. This is Ossoff. He went on to say, I turned over all my text messages and I'm in the process of turning over everything related to the GoFundMe campaign. Politico first reported on the scope of the FBI's investigation and an FBI spokesman in New York declined comment, as did a spokesperson for the Eastern District of New York. Now, Ossoff's allegations drew national attention after Patch.com first reported on his claims that the funds Santos helped raise for GoFundMe through a charity group linked to the lawmaker were never made available. Ostoff later said in an NBC News interview that Santos helped him launch the fundraiser, but began, and I quote, coming up with all these excuses about the money and ultimately refused to hand over the funds. Santos's office did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Ostoff said he believes that the funds would have saved his dog's life. Now, in December, two federal law enforcement sources confirmed that federal prosecutors in New York had opened an investigation into Santos and were examining his finances. And that included potential irregularities involving financial disclosures and loans he made to his campaign as he was running for Congress. Well, the probe by federal prosecutors from the Eastern District of New York is one of a series of investigations into Santos. Now, he is also linked to a probe by the Nassau County District Attorney's Office and the State Attorney General's Office, which has said it's looking into a number of issues tied to the congressman. So he's in a lot of fucking trouble. Like, he's going to have as many lawsuits going as Trump at this point. I mean, everyone yeah. wants to and get these are this criminal guy. probes. Yeah. These are criminal probes, too. And Brazil is prosecuting him for fraud. So fun. All right. This is a big story from protests, Rashbaum and Bromwich at the Times. Manhattan prosecutors this week warned that they might file new fraud charges against Weisselberg, longtime CFO of the Trump real estate business, which is going to increase the pressure on Allen to cooperate in a broader investigation into the former president. That's according to people with knowledge. Weisselberg, the CFO, is already serving a five-month sentence in Rikers for pleading guilty to unrelated tax fraud charges. 
While he testified against the company at trial on the same charges last year, he has for years refused to turn on Trump directly. But as Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg jumpstarts his office's effort to indict Donald Trump, his prosecutors are using the prospect of additional charges to exert leverage over Mr. Weisselberg. And that's according to the people familiar with the matter. The potential charges, which prosecutors conveyed to the former executive's legal team this week, center on an insurance fraud and could lead to a significant prison sentence for Weisselberg, who's 75. He's facing a new round of pressure as the prosecutors begin to present evidence to a grand jury about Trump's involvement in the hush money payment to Stormy Daniels. And by the way, news here on Monday, the prosecutors began questioning witnesses in the grand jury about the hush money paid to Stormy Daniels. That's just like they've been doing it all week. Yep. He's already on it. The potential new charges against Weisselberg are unrelated to the hush money, but he has a long history of being the missing piece in any criminal case against Trump. In August, when he pled guilty to the tax case, Weisselberg accepted he would serve time on Rikers Island and said he had no incriminating evidence to offer about Trump. And before that, he was charged in the tax case only after resisting to a pressure campaign from prosecutors seeking his testimony against Trump. But he wouldn't flip. He was unflippable. But the threat of prison time could change the equation for Weisselberg. He had the threat of prison time before, whatever. He would face a stark choice, serving significant time behind bars late in life or turning on the former president whose finances he handled for decades. If he cooperated now, after stymieing the investigation into Trump time after time, Weisselberg would likely avoid prison altogether. Prosecutors have already secured the cooperation of Michael Cohen, the longtime fixer of Donald. Last month, the district attorney's office interviewed Cohen, who is the guy who paid $130,000 to Stormy Daniels and was later reimbursed by Trump. And until recently, there were only few visible signs of progress in Bragg's investigation. A year ago, he called off plans to seek an indictment of Mr. Trump in a case centered on whether the former president lied on his financial statements. We know that. But this year, his second leading the office, second year leading this office, Bragg appears to have grown more comfortable with the idea. Or he just got a lot of pushback for not going after Donald. Yeah, that might be more like it. While his office is continuing to scrutinize whether Trump fraudulently inflated the value of his assets, the focus of the inquiry has returned to the hush money payments. That investigation had died and come back to life so many times that prosecutors have taken to calling it the zombie case. Oh, my God. A spokes. I know. A spokeswoman for the DA's office declined to comment, as did a lawyer for Weisselberg. But the basis for insurance fraud charges against Weisselberg first emerged publicly in a court filing early last year as part of New York Attorney General Tish James's suit. That inquiry, separate from the DA's criminal investigation, eventually resulted in a September lawsuit, we know, of Trump and his three adult children and his company. It's scheduled to go to trial in October. The filing from Tish James accused Weisselberg of lying to an insurance company when he claimed that the value of the Trump organization's real estate holdings had been addressed by an independent appraiser, when in fact they had not been at all. And the insurer, Zurich North America, apparently relied on Weisselberg's assurances to renew the Trump organization's coverage. Oh, boy. Here's a little bit of a buried lead coming up in the next paragraph, because that same accusation appeared in the lawsuit Tish James brought right, about the staggering fraud. But the district attorney's office last year subpoenaed Zurich and questioned the appraiser, according to people with knowledge of the matter, who added there is no suggestion of any wrongdoing by either the insurer or the appraiser. This news about Zurich insurance is breaking today. I'd just like to point out, 10 months ago, I had an exclusive. I tweeted it out recently from Mueller, she wrote, to, to you know, just today to show that representatives from the Zurich Insurance Company had been called in to testify in the Manhattan DA's case. Ten months. Yeah. They got the story. But um, I, I put it out as rumors intelligence about 
10 months ago. (laughs) Interesting. Some rumors are right. I had a great source, but I couldn't corroborate it. So I didn't want to call it sourced news. Uh, Anyway, district attorney's office, they did subpoena Zurich and questioned the appraiser. So if Weiselberg were to decide to cooperate rather than face indictment, he could be valuable to prosecutors on a number of fronts. He had direct knowledge of the hush money deal. He was involved in reimbursing Cohen for the $130,000 payment, whose real name, you know, Stormy Daniels is Stephanie Clifford. And that's according to court records in Cohen's federal case, Cohen's federal case. And according to Cohen, Weisselberg was involved in a discussion with Trump about whether to pay Stormy Daniels. But paying hush money is not inherently illegal. Bragg's case hinges on showing that Trump and his company falsified records to hide the payout from voters days before the 2016 election by calling it uh, legal fees they paid to Cohen. So that it's there. Yeah, they're squeezing Allen. It's another one. It's another one. Maybe it'll flip. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, this is what I was talking about, about the positive of a really awful story. Now, this is from Scott Bauer at the Associated Press. A federal judge in Wisconsin on Wednesday ruled that a wrongful death lawsuit filed by the father of a man shot and killed by Kyle Rittenhouse during a protest in 2020 can proceed against Rittenhouse, police officers and others. This is a big deal. Now, the father of Anthony Huber, one of the two men shot and killed by Rittenhouse, filed the lawsuit in 2021 accusing officers of allowing for a dangerous situation that violated his son's constitutional rights and resulted in his death. Anthony Huber's father, John Huber, also alleged that Rittenhouse, who was 17 at the time of the shootings, conspired with law enforcement to cause harm to protesters. John Huber seeking unspecified damages from the city officials, officers, and Rittenhouse himself. Now, U.S. District Judge Lynn Adelman on Wednesday, dismissed a motion filed by Rittenhouse and the government defendants seeking to dismiss the civil lawsuits, the civil rights lawsuit. Now, in allowing the case against Rittenhouse and the others to proceed, the judge said that Anthony Huber's death, quote, could plausibly be regarded as having been proximately caused by the actions of the governmental defendants, end quote. Mm. Yeah. Well, Rittenhouse has argued that the case against him should be dismissed because he wasn't properly served with a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, not that it's not true. It wasn't properly served. Edelman dismissed that, saying that Rittenhouse, quote, is almost certainly evading service. Now, attorneys and private investigators for John Huber spent over 100 hours trying to locate Rittenhouse, tracking down addresses in seven states before they found the home of his mother and sister in Florida. The lawsuit was served on Rittenhouse's sister, who said that he wasn't home. Now, Edelman said that was sufficient to qualify as being served. This is another quote. Rittenhouse has been deliberately cagey about his whereabouts, Edelman wrote. Although he denies living in Florida, he does not identify the place that he deems to be his residence. Rittenhouse's attorney did not immediately respond to emailed requests for comment. Now, attorneys for law enforcement and the Kenosha officials that were sued, they also did not immediately return emailed messages. Now, the ruling puts Anthony Huber's family one step closer to justice for their son's needless death. That was from Anand Swaminathan one of the attorneys for John Huber and Karen Bloom, parents of Anthony Huber. This is a quote from the lawyer. The Kenosha officials that created a powder keg situation by their actions tried to claim that they cannot be held accountable for their unconstitutional conduct. That argument was soundly rejected today. Rittenhouse was charged with homicide, attempted homicide and reckless endangering for killing Anthony Huber and Joseph Rosenbaum, and wounded a third person with an AR-style semi-automatic rifle in the summer of 2020 during a tumultuous night of protest over the shooting of a black man, that was Jacob Blake this time, by a white Kenosha police officer. Now, Rittenhouse was acquitted 
of all charges in November of 2021 after testifying he acted in self-defense. Rittenhouse's actions became a flashpoint in the debate over guns, vigilantism, and racial injustice in the U.S. It was, I know we all remember this, it was awful, and the right has made him a martyr and some sort of a, a fucking hero. hero. Yeah, like a, yeah, so, like he's awesome. I would love to see this actually happen and then be found guilty. That would be great if they got some damages here for this wrongful death lawsuit. All right. Thank you so much for that story. Um, yeah. I mean, it's the best we can make out of this awful, awful situation. So I appreciate you um, telling us about it, Dana. And we're going to talk about other things after this break, specifically good news. Listeners submitted good news. Yes. Really need today. So Indeed. thank you very much for sending in your good news. If you have any good news, you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We'll be right back with it. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, a shout out to somebody that you love in your life uh, or uh, a small business in your area or maybe an adoptable pet where you live, you can share that with us. We can play What the Mutt because we're super really good at it now. Okay. The first. Oh, real good. I mean, we're pros. Yep. Yeah. The first two years were just practice. Now we've got it. Um, you can send anything you need to us uh, at all by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. First up, from Aditi, pronouns she and they, pronounce, uh, pronunciation correction. I almost mispronounced pronunciation. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> Amit Meta is pronounced Amit. Equal emphasis on both syllables. Meta, slight emphasis on the meh. And the ta is pronounced like the Spanish with the tongue at the tip of the teeth. Oh, Meta. Got it. Amit Meta. Thank you. Keep up the excellent work. I love listening to you every night before I go to sleep. Here are a couple of toddler picks. Of my boy who is now a teenager. Look oh at my this goodness. Baby. I bet he has a cute teenager because that is a cute baby. What a sweetie baby. Oh my Todd. goodness. Look at that. Ah, look at the banana, the banana picture. <laughs> I love his face. Oh my God. That's so great. Thank you so much for the, the pronunciation help. I appreciate it. I hope I remember. Please, if I continue to get it wrong, keep correcting me. Absolutely. All right. This is from Rachel. And I'm loving these submissions that have to do with this specific topic. Pronouns for Rachel or she and her. In response to today's, and that was February 1st, the good news about queer affirming churches, I offer a resource to find safe spaces. It's called churchclarity.org. As a queer Southerner, I spent most of my life in Texas. I know the pain of thinking you are in an affirming space only to later learn they, quote, love the sinner, hate the sin. Yep. Church Clarity is a crowdsourced database of Christian congregations scored by a team of volunteers based on how easy it is to find a church's actively enforced policy online. They currently evaluate church websites for policies that impact LGBTQ plus people and women in leadership. Their belief is ambiguity is harmful. Clarity is reasonable. I have used the site many times to, dis to determine a church's stance on LGBTQ plus issues before visiting. They've currently rated over 4,500 churches nationwide. Whoa. Nice. With many more submitted for review. Hope this is helpful to some and maybe protects a queer heart or two. TDB is important to my mornings. Ah, the Daily Beans is important to my mornings, as is my cup of coffee. Thank you, Rachel. 
You're important to us. And that's awesome. 4,500. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for the database. That's amazing. I mean, I wouldn't know this stuff exists. And I'm so glad there's listeners out there that do. I have information, but I definitely don't have all of it. God, we only have 300 VA veteran clinics for healthcare and we have 4,500 fucking churches. Okay. Oh, that's just the 4,500 churches that are. Yeah. That are on the thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. That are I wonder apparently how many, gosh. been reviewed. So many. All right, next up from Cynthia, pronouns she and her. I know it took a while for everyone to settle on a title for the last disgrace of a president, but now we seem to have generally settled on the former guy, or TFG for short. It's great. It gives him no name or title recognition, while begrudgingly acknowledging he exists. <laughs> I would like to suggest a similar substitution for our current disgrace of a House speaker. I've noted people calling him barely speaker or almost speaker, but I have a much easier substitution for you. Kevin McCarthy is the squeaker of the house. (laughs) I think it sets the perfect tone for that particular squeaking jackass, while also giving a nod to the ridiculousness of the whole situation. Give it a try. I think you'll like it. For pet tax, I've included a photo of me and my beloved 17-year-old American Eskimo dog, Lily. She is my heart. Love all you do. Love the show. (gasps) What a beautiful picture, too. Oh, amazing. That was super cute. Super, super cute. Awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Adorable dog. Okay. Love this. This is from Aditi. Pronounce she, her. Last week, you joked about an old school video game about classified documents. I was listening with my teenager who has been listening to you on and off since the beginning of Muller, she wrote. He's a huge video game nerd and loves the old school Nintendo games and aesthetic. Several hours later, in the middle of the night, he texted me the attached photos. Keep up the great work. <laughs> These are oh so funny. <sighs> 1986, copyright, Daily Beans. Look, there's the, the clippy, the paper clip. Push start button, beautiful. Oh my gosh. So good. Player, boss. Look at, he made, <laughs> he made a video game. Oh, well, I mean, you Those know. Like, fantastic. These just give me super Mario bro vibes. Love it. I absolutely love this. And uh, I can hear the music in my head right now. The 16-bit music. Thank you so much, Aditi. That's amazing. What a talented kid. Next up from Judy and Diggity. All right. Hi, ladies. Found you guys a few months ago. Diggity and I listen to you every day on our walks. Love the show. Uh, We live on the road in a small RV. Awesome. I'm 72 and Diggity is four and a half. He's my first ever dog rescue. I used to be a cat person, all rescued. Cosmo, Harley, Allie, Dex, Simon, Stella, and Ruby in that order. Your show on January 20th really made me tear up, having lost Simon and Ruby in a similar way. Diggity has brought me so much joy. He's half lab and half roddy, very sweet, gentle, loving, and active. We hike daily and play ball a lot. We're hopefully heading to Alaska this spring to meet my son, whom I gave up for adoption more than 50 years ago. We recently connected and have only done phone calls. Wish us luck. We roam the country, side back roads and small towns, stopping at state parks and hitting thrift stores and yard sales, looking for items to sell in my online eBay store. Cosmo Girl, uh, 3366. It helps pay for gas and tennis balls. Keep up the great work. You really do make my day by telling it like it is. I'm originally from Beantown. And so that's Cosmo Girl 3366 on eBay. Oh, what a happy baby, too. That's a big baby. I love him. Oh, beautiful. Enjoying the sunshine. What a cool thing you're doing just out there on the road. Really is amazing. Diggity. You guys, this is so amazing. Thank you for all of this. 
truly, truly incredible submissions. It really lifted my day up. I appreciate it. Um, Dana, do you have anything uh, you want to get off your chest before we get out of here for the weekend? No, I don't think so. I just want everyone to have a great weekend. Um, I'll be in New York this weekend at the HRC Gala. We're going to be honoring Adriana DeBose, uh, who won the Oscar mm-hmm. for West Side Story, and um, Wiley, the artist who did the Obama portraits. He's an incredible, incredible artist. So I'll be in New York raising some money and making some George Santos jokes and uh, hopefully, yeah, doing doing a good thing for the LGBTQ community. So that's where I'll be this weekend. Yeah, there's no dearth of, of George Santos jokes for oh, you, my, my friend. God. I just got to dig deep. I got to dig deep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, gosh, are you going to be able to find any humor at all? I any don't know. Of things, the things that are going on in the 118th Congress? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Uh, Well, thank you. I hope everyone has a great weekend. I'll see the patrons tonight at the happy hour on our Zoom call where we have cocktails and mocktails and you you guys ask questions. Uh, If you're interested in becoming a patron, you can do it. Patreon.com slash Muller, she wrote. That will, if you go at the $5 level, you get to be a patron of The Beans and Jack, which is hosted by me and Andy McCabe. Uh, So that's a cool deal. And um, I don't know what else. I guess that's it. But uh, I'll see everybody at the happy hour. And of course, I'll be putting out the bonus episode this weekend, though I think it might come out late later on Saturday because uh, some of our production staff is taking a little bit of a vacation. Well deserved. So thank you all. Uh, are you going to be here Sunday, Dana? I will be here Sunday. And before I get corrected, because I just realized I did it, I m- keep mixing up her name. It's Ariana. So no one write in a correction. It's Ariana DeBose. Ariana. Ariana. Not Adriana. Ariana. <laughs> So no need, just go and put the pens down, put the computer keyboard down. (laughs) I heard it when I said it and I just need to let it, I just needed to let you finish. Ariana DeBose. All right. Thank you so much. And everybody uh, until, until Monday, we'll be back in your ears on Monday. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And please take everyone with you. I've been H.G. And I've been D.G. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>